From Cross Culture Church in Raleigh, this is Crosswalk. We're taking a break this week from our current series, Jesus, the Real Action Hero. Today, we're taking a closer look at our student ministry here at Cross Culture, a place where students are accepted for who they are, loved unconditionally, and given the opportunity to learn about God's plan for their life. Now, here's our student pastor, Ivy Rhodes, with this week's special message. Good morning. Uh, Today is Youth Sunday, as you saw Joey got up and welcomed you this morning. Uh, We had some youth out there handing out bulletins and such, and we actually have some students back in the nursery, uh, or a, a student back in the nursery. We have students to come help us set up on Sunday mornings, and uh, they're just a part of what we do here at Cross Culture. And so I'm excited to say to you guys this morning that I, um, my family and I have been here for one year as of last week. So um, it's been an exciting year, and uh, I remember when uh, we first moved here, and uh, we had our truck, and we drove up our truck, and Pastor Clay had brought a lot of the students to come help us unload our truck in Wake Forest. And I remember looking at the students, and uh, I could never imagine uh, getting to know them as well as I was going get to get to know them over this past year. And I'm just so thankful about all the, all the great things that have gone on. You heard about Joey, who's, who gave his life to Christ this past year. And there's others in the youth group that have done the same thing. And I'm excited about um, where we've been and where God has brought us from. And I'm also excited about where we're going. I want to thank, um, on this Youth Sunday, I want to first thank our volunteer staff. We call them V-staff. Uh, two of them are down here. We've got Amber and Liz and John is back there on the camera. See, Youth Sunday was led by the guy who leads our youth worship too. So John Spolino, uh, the worship pastor here, uh, also whenever we do music, uh, leads it at youth group too. And we have uh, Julie and where, where's Julie and Paul? Uh, they're there. Julie and Paul who have helped us and uh, help us in small group and, and they come and work with the students and get to know the students. So I'm just thankful for what they've done. If you guys would, if you just give them a hand for taking their time and uh, every week taking out of their busy schedules and showing up. Second, I want to thank our students for showing up and uh, putting up with the good weeks. I mean, putting up with the bad weeks and being happy with the good weeks when they come and just dealing with me getting used to things and trying to figure everybody out and get to know everybody. I feel like I've just started to kind of get traction uh, these past couple months. And I'm just excited about um, those students down there, and we love them incredibly and want to continue to build into their lives. Um, my, my wife, Allie, who uh, is a volunteer, um, but in some, some respects, she is more than just a volunteer. She is my confidant in ministry, and she helps me along every, uh, every, in everything we do in the youth ministry. When I came and interviewed here, you asked Pastor Clay as I uh, I told him that when you, get Al, when you get me, you get Allie, and her dad told me to tell you that we're a package deal. And so uh, Allie just does an incredible job with our students. Um, she plans our events because I'm not very good at that, so I've kind of given that over to her. Uh, she plans our events, and she, um, she just loves on the students, just builds, builds into their lives and, and does a great job, and they love her. And uh, she, can, she, she, she tells them how it is sometimes. If you listen to what they say about what happened this past year at camp when everybody, you'll see some pictures in a minute of when everybody threw, or the girls threw the boys' clothes up on top of the roof. You should have seen Allie go at it. The Italian in her came out at that moment. Uh, so I want to thank my wife. Uh, fourth, I want to thank our host homes. Our host homes. 
Uh, first, the Stevens opened their home to us right when we got here. And, um, and we were able to start the youth group in, in their home, and, um, or continue the youth group, but I started in their home. And, and I was just thankful for them opening that home up. But, you know, in a lot of ways, their home gets used as the fellowship hall and everything else of the church. And so we said, you know, we want to move out of their house and move into some homes around the area. Uh, the Joneses have opened up their home to us before so we could have life group. Um, the Hopkins opened up their home every Friday on a Friday, you know, uh, letting us come in and, and hang out. And the Alexanders, who open up their home to us on Thursdays, and you can tell them, especially, you can ask them, this past week, we had like almost 20 students there, and it was absolutely crazy. And so I am thankful for, I'm thankful for that, and I'm thankful for the problem that uh, even though the Alexanders' home is uh, a big, not a big home, but a big enough home, We've outgrown it, and so we're looking at, we're looking at expanding and, um, and getting, uh, you know, moving into some other homes. So I'm just thankful for those people. And fourth, I want to thank you guys for, um, if, if you're not directly involved in the youth group, if you support cross-culture with your uh, tithe and your offerings, if you support cross-culture with your time, all those things, you at least indirectly help our youth ministry continue. And so I want to thank you guys for being a part of our student ministry. So if you just give everybody a hand, uh, give yourselves a hand. I want to show you guys some pictures of some things we've been doing over the past year, um, from some service events to the events uh, we call friend events. And the reason we call them friend events is because what we want to do is we encourage our students, bring your friends to these events. Uh, They're a lot of fun. We're going to hang out. We're going to be a good representation of Christ in front of of your friends. And we're going to have a lot of fun. I think They'll have a blast. We do everything from paintball to, to uh, bowling or whatever. And we get them to bring their friends out. We get to know them. And then the whole goal through the whole thing is that eventually some of those students who come and visit us just on a fun trip will eventually come to know Jesus Christ uh, as, their, as their Savior. So that's our goal. Anyway, I want to show you these pictures of everything, a lot of stuff we've done over the past year. And then we'll continue the message. Tangled, twisted fuse Been waiting a while now on the dawn Seems like the sun may never come I made my way through the darkest night To the break of day on the other side For some time the light's been creeping in Now I'm feeling like I could trust again You're the only person who reminds me Love is beautiful and true Life is beautiful and new Oh, you're the only person
right. All those pictures you saw of us sitting in groups, that's our breakout sessions we have during our life group, youth life groups. We all break out into smaller groups and we study the Bible individually. And, and that really is a time where the students can discuss what we've learned already in the lesson, but also ask questions and, um, and get a little deeper into Scripture. You, you may have seen that one scene where Caleb had his arm in the air and there's a head in Caleb's armpit. That was at the Christmas party and that was your, youth, uh, youth, that was your worship pastor, John Spolino, sniffing Caleb's armpit. So... Um, you know, we like to have a lot of fun and at the same time uh, lift up our Lord. And so I'm excited about uh, what the future holds in our student ministry. Today I want to talk to you about being weird. If there's anything that our students have figured out over the past year is that Allie and myself are pretty weird people. <laughs> um, we're not normal and I hope we're weird in the best kinds of ways because there's a bad weird. Is there anybody in here who uh, used to, maybe does work as an ice cream man or woman delivering ice cream. Okay, nobody? Okay, good. This won't offend anybody. Okay, so, um, so like, you know, okay, so the ice cream man. It's, it's a weird situation with the ice cream man because um, you have this guy who, well, for, first off, you have children, and you say, if somebody drives up in a car, never take anything from them, okay? So you tell them that, and you say, get away, run away from strangers, don't talk to strangers or anything like this. And then you have this guy who plays children's music over top of a loudspeaker comes into your neighborhood and offers your children ice cream. And then they walk up to this ice cream truck and they buy ice cream from him, uh, probably with the dollar or two that you give them. And my children love it. When I, children have like a dog sense for ice cream trucks. It's incredible. I'm sitting in my house and my son just saw Quentin be just like, <gasps> like this. He's just like, what, son? What, what do you hear? What are you, what's, what's going on, boy? And it's like, ice cream truck. I'm like, I can't, I don't hear it, you know? It's like a tone above dad tone. And so he's like, yeah, a dollar. And he goes and runs out. And they actually stood outside for like an hour the other week trying to wait for this ice cream truck that never ended up coming, which is the worst. You have to deal with that then. But, you know, so if you're going to be an ice cream man, let me just tell you, it's a bad kind of weird to, you know, look sketchy, okay? You can't be a sketchy looking ice cream man. You need to be the most upstanding, best-looking ice cream man possible. Ladies can get away with a little more. Guys, if you have a sketchy mustache, you need to shave it. Balding is okay. You know, it's part of, it's part, I'm going to be there one day soon. And, uh, you know, it's okay. But if you are balding, don't have a ponytail, okay? And wash your hair. Because if you're an ice cream man, that's a bad type of weird. So that's not the type of weird we're talking about today. I want to talk to you about the good kind of weird. See, because there's a bad kind of weird, and there's a good kind of weird, and there's a God kind of weird. I've read this book before. It's um, called Weird uh, by a pastor named Craig Rochelle. And a lot of what you're going to hear from the message today comes from the ideas that are in that book. So if you want to know more about what we're talking about today, you can pick up that book and read a lot more about it. But um, this is what I came to realize by reading this book, is that normal is broken. Normal is broken. And it has been ever since the fall. Ever since man fell, what is normal, what is average, is broken. Is, just as an example, we'll talk about some other things in a minute, but just as an example, normal parenting today is broken. I, I want you guys to listen to um, what, normal parenting for the, what normal parenting is. Uh, this book is called Carolina Parent here, um, and Allie picked it up uh, I don't remember where you picked it up, but you, you came home with it, and you're like, you need to read this. And so I started reading it. And it's new rules for teen dating. And so they, they kind of explain how the, what 
teenagers think about dating and these kind of things and how they view dating and relationships and that stuff. And not everything in the magazine is absolutely terrible. Um, There's some good information in here. But I was just blown away by how they tell you to handle the relationship, uh, you know, teen relationships. I just want to read you some of this out of here. This is the new normal, okay? This is normal for teenagers. Hooking up is common and accepted. That's the title. To college students, hooking up means having casual sex. For high school students, it can mean that too, but usually refers to making out at parties or get-togethers. Kids hook up with people they've just met, casual acquaintances, and even friends. For most teens, there are no strings attached. A student, when asked if hooking up with a guy meant a girl had a crush on him, she demissively said, nope. And Megan concurs, it would seem very strange to me that a girl would think there's something there after a hookup. The idea is, and not just, not just making out, which has its own problems, but having relations outside of a marriage, uh, having sexual relations outside of marriage, the idea is, is that there is no emotional or spiritual attachment that according to what the students think, that it is only biological. They think it is only biological and the needs that they have, the normal needs they have should be met by another person. And if it doesn't go anywhere, that's normal. That's totally how it is. And it's not how it works. And I'll give you kind of what they say about how parenting works. It's time to have the values and expectations talk if you haven't already. This can mean discussing your family's view on sex before marriage as well as frank talk about abstinence, birth control, and sexually transmitted diseases. They go into a lot more depth about, about how to have that conversation. But in another part of the article, they talk about teaching your children to properly use a condom. And I, I read that and how, and how this passes as good parenting and how it passes as what is normal blows my mind. Because the thing is, and, the, and what it is, is that you only need a condom if you're going against what God has said. As long as you're staying in the parameters that God has set up for sexuality, then you don't need a condom, all right? It's, um, I've explained it this way before, and um, it's, it's kind of like a fire. If you have a campfire, and that campfire is, is uh, inside some rocks, if you go camping, you want to keep that fire inside rocks. And if you have a campfire, it's actually a good thing. It is a very, very good thing, as long as it stays within those boundaries, but if you've ever gone camping with kids, you know that they like to take those, they like to get near the fire. And if they can get a stick and stick it in the fire and catch it on fire and run through the woods, they will, right? But that becomes a very, very dangerous thing. And in the same way with uh, sex is that if we stay within the parameters of what God has set up, it is a wonderful thing, it is a helpful thing, and it is a beautiful thing. But the second we take it out of those parameters, we can burn the entire forest down. And normal today is saying, it's okay to go outside of the parameters that God has set up. But beyond just that, what is normal? Schedules, overwhelmed, stressed, panic, do, do, do. We got to go pick up this and do that and then go to school and come home and eat dinner and leave for practice and all these things. And the schedule's just so hectic. You got to do, do, do. And you have money. You have a pursuit of material things. Finding which things are going to make me most happy right now. You know, normal is spending all that you get and being broke at the end. Normal is fighting over money. Professionally, it's working for a paycheck and waiting 
you know, waiting for the weekend, just trying to get through these five days so you can get to the weekend and staying in a job that you hate just because you have so, many, so much debt piled on top of you that you can't do anything about it and you're trapped. Normals, relationships that hop from bed to bed to bed to bed to bed and then eventually you decide that you want to get serious with somebody so you move in with them to see if you're compatible. And then what you do is you essentially have a divorce with that person. You break apart. And then what happens is eventually one day you decide you're actually going to have the ceremony. You're going to get married and you're going to do all that stuff. And when you get together with the person, you've practiced for failure. And then what happens is, is you end up failing. Normal is broken. I don't know about you guys, but I've hung around with, with normal for far too long. I'm sick of it. <laughs> I myself have been normal far too much, and I'm sick of it. Come to the point where I said, you know what? I'm just going to be weird. So today I, wanna, I want us to determine that we're going to be weird because the sad part is that some of us are actually chasing normal today. Some of us are saying, I want to be as normal as possible. I want to fit in. I want to be part of the crowd. I want to make sure that I don't stand out at all. And I want to do what everybody's doing because I want to be a part of what everybody's uh, part of what everybody uh, has and I want to see the same movies as everybody and watch the same television shows of everybody and read the same magazines and have the same friends and go to the same parties and all that. God never called us. If we're followers of Christ, God never called us to be normal. In fact, he called us to be the opposite, which we're going to see in just a second, to be very weird. Jesus said it this way, and he said it a lot better than I can say it. You've heard this passage out of Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 through 14. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the road is broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who go through it. The gate is wide, the road is broad, and there are many that go through it. If you want to get more people down a highway, you open up more lanes. If you want to get people through a gate, you make the gate bigger because there's a lot of people going through it. It says there are many who go through it. That's normal. Most people are doing it this way. It's normal. It says it leads to destruction. Verse 14, how narrow is the gate and difficult the road that leads to life. And few, weird, few people or few find it. The gate is narrow. The road is hard. And weird people find it. Just the few. And when you're on the smaller road, you'll notice the people on the bigger road are kind of looking down at you and laughing. Now, look at that weirdo down there on the small road. Why is he taking the hard road? He's having to go around all those rocks. Look at this highway. I mean, just look at it. Just, boom, just this big highway of people and everybody else is up here. This is obvious this is the right way to go because this is the way the rest of the crowd's going. Look at him down there. That crazy guy. What's he thinking? In the end... Jesus says that that road, that easy road, that wide road, that that big lane road, the one that is easiest leads to destruction. And this is a duh, but this really kind of brings us where we are today, okay? If you want, you might want to get your pen out. If you want what normal people have, do what normal people do. That easy. If you want what normal people have, you do what normal people do. It's not that hard. But if you want what few people have, do what few people do. Jesus was the weirdest, weird guy. 
Listen, he did some pretty weird stuff for his day. He was a rabbi, just a Jewish teacher, and he had, uh, rabbis would have disciples, and usually they'd have like a few disciples, but Jesus, first off, weird thing is he had 12 disciples. That alone was a weird deal. Uh, second off, what would happen is, is the people of the day, they, it, the best of the best became disciples of a rabbi. It was those who would, you know, memorize so much, the whole Torah. It was those that had given their whole life to, you know, they want to be the, you know, uh, Jerusalem's next rabbi, biggest rabbi. You know, that's what they were after. And so they would, they would try their whole lives to become a disciple of a rabbi. But Jesus, being the weird guy that he was, didn't go find the people that maybe had prepared their whole lives. He went to people like fishermen. Well, fishermen are great and fishermen are needed, but they're not, you know, the best of the best. They're kind of normal in the sense of average. And he went to tax collectors and he said, I'm going to make you normal everyday tax collectors and fishermen and you normal everyday sinners like you and me. I'm going to make you weird. And it's not always going to be pretty, but if you follow me, you will have life. You know, everything he did was against kind of the normal way of doing things. And the Pharisees made sure that he knew it. They kind of followed him around, making sure that they could point out every weird thing he was doing. You know, Jesus, you can't do it that way. You can't do it this way. We don't do it that way. What are you thinking, Jesus? You know, Jesus was weird, and he said weird things like this. And we don't think of it as weird so much because I think we're kind of like, so we just hear it so much. But just think about how weird this is, just in the sense of being human, how weird this is. Luke six twenty seven through 30 says, But I say to you who listen, love your enemies. I love your family. We need to do that. But Jesus is making a point here to say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If anyone hits you on the cheek, offer him the other one. If anyone takes your coat, don't hold back your shirt either. Give to everyone who asks from you. And from one who takes away your things, Don't ask for them back. Jesus is saying this in a culture, the Roman culture, where this kind of thing could and did happen all the time. Roman soldiers could just come up to you and just ask you for whatever you want. You had to give it to them or you could get in big trouble. So weird. Think about how weird God is. We have done God wrong. I've done God wrong. You've done God wrong. We've sinned. And even if we've lied to someone In essence, really, we are doing wrong to God. We're not just doing wrong to that person, which we are, but we are also doing wrong to God. Now, think about how weird this is. We do wrong to God, and then God pursues reconciliation with us. And in fact, the Bible tells us that if he didn't pursue reconciliation with us, if he didn't come after us and try to bring him to himself, if he didn't reveal himself to us in Jesus Christ, we would have never known. We would have gone around doing all this wrong to God and never known who we were supposed to make reconciliation with. We do him wrong. He pursues reconciliation with us and then saves us through faith. And I don't know if you've paid attention to what the other religions do, but what they believe is that you do, 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 do all this good, do as good as you can. You can get to nirvana. You can get to heaven. You can get to paradise, whatever. You can have your own planet. If you do enough good stuff, you can get there. But our weird God says, no, it's not about doing. It's about what has been done for you. 
And then once you realize and once you accept in faith and you give your life and you make him the Lord of your life, the leader of your life, then things will change because I'm going to fill you with my Holy Spirit and you're going to become weird like God, kind of weird. He's separate and holy and he expects us to be weird. So how do we become weird this morning? Well, number one, weird people don't think like normal people think. Weird people don't think like normal people think. All right. Got those blanks? All right. Not real hard. Not real hard today. Let's uh, look at the scripture here. Um, Therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual worship. Romans 12.1. Romans 12.2. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is good, pleasing, and perfect, is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. I like how the message says it. This is kind of a devotional um, uh, uh, paraphrase. And a lot of times can just bring certain things home that we wouldn't normally think about. Um, you go ahead to the next slide, Tyler. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. There's some of you out there today that are so well-adjusted to your culture that you just fit in without even thinking about it. You don't even know that you're normal. You're so normal. (laughs) You have to stop thinking like normal thinks if you want to stop being like normal is. Raising children, normal is living incident to incident just trying to go from tantrum to tantrum and just trying to get them to shut up. If you've ever been to Walmart, you know this to be true. That I don't, I don't know what it is about Walmart. Maybe it's something in the air. They release some kind of drug into the air. You know, children, my children do it. Every child does it. They go crazy sometimes, and they start screaming. It's always in the checkout aisle. They want some bubble gum or something. they laying in the floor, screaming. You know, it's like... And you look at the child, you're like, I don't know who that kid is, right? It's like, uh, just walk right past them. Um, no, but in all seriousness, I don't know what it is. Every child freaks out in Walmart. But the real, the real test is how does the parent handle it? What do they do? And a lot of times they just give the child what he wants just to get them to be quiet. You know, weird is raising children that will one day be adults and thinking ahead to how they will be when they're 30 years old. Because that kid who gets what they want when they throw a temper tantrum at three, and this is an Ivy um, youth pastor uh, pro tip here. They're going to be the same kid at 13 and 17 that throws temper tantrums and wants to get what they want at that moment. And then even on to 30 years old, there'll be that kid who throws temper tantrums trying to get what they want. You see, that's normal. And normal isn't working. We can't think like normal thinks. Normal is spending money because you believe that the money is yours. You see, you get a paycheck, you've worked hard for that paycheck, you get it in, you put it in the bank, and then you go spend it, and you spend it all, and, you know, it's, it's done. That's normal. That's normal thinking. Normal is broke. The weirdest thing is that the money is not mine, but the money is all God's. And the 10% is not God's when I give my tithe. 100% is God's, and I am in essence saying, God, I covet after things. Here's my 10%. And helps me keep my focus on what God wants. It helps you think about how you use your money. You save wisely for the future and give generously towards God. You see, 
Weird people don't think like normal people think. Normal is, like I said, going from bed to bed and expecting to have a thriving marriage when that day comes, but it doesn't work that. Weird is abstaining from sex until marriage, and then once you've been married, striving to have a godly marriage and an undefiled marriage bed. Weird people don't think like normal people think. Normal is filling your life with stuff that you can do. Busy, busy, busy. But weird is filling your life with stuff you should do and having the courage to actually say no to people who ask you to do things because you're willing to put off the good things so that you can do the great things. Because weird people are going to have a passion. Weird people are going to have a passion about what God wants to do in their life. And if you're going to be a weird person, you're going to have to be able to say, no, this is what God is doing. This is where God has shown me I, I'm supposed to be and I'm supposed to be working. And you're going to give, you're going to give so much time to that. And you're going to give time to your family and devoting to your family and raising your family. You're not going to be able to say yes to every single thing that comes along. I could go on and on. But weird people don't think like normal people think. Secondly, weird people don't live like normal people live. You need to inspect your life. And this is something that I do and I find myself failing far too often, looking at my life and saying, am I lining up with how normal is? Does my life, is my life just like everybody else's? Because the truth is, is if your life is just like everybody else's, you probably need to, you know, examine and say, there's something wrong with that. God has called us to not be normal, but be weird. And if everything about my life is absolutely normal, we might need a wake-up call. 1 Peter 2, 11 and 12 says it this way. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world. And he's talking about like, you know, aliens across the border, not aliens from the sky, you know, anyway. Um, So uh, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires, which war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, though they look at you and they see, this is me talking here, not the scripture, Uh, Though they look at you and they see, man, that person is weird. That is the weirdest person I have ever seen. Though they look at you and they think you're doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Let me tell you, this is is Allie and I's weird for our family. And we don't have everything figured out and everything together. And I fail way more than I should. But we moved here under the call of God, and I will tell you that there were some people in our family that questioned what we were doing. They said, you know, you have, you have a good thing going here. You know, you're getting a regular paycheck. You've just got your son in uh, therapy. You've got all this stuff figured out. Why are you going to move now when you have this entire support system? And, and really all we could say is, well, because God told us to. And I told you some of that story uh, a few months back. We try to live humbly. We, we don't always get everything that maybe we want. And maybe sometimes we can't always afford everything that we want. Um, we're slowly, and when I say slowly, I mean like snail's pace, slowly. <laughs> we're trying to work our way out of debt. Uh, we got rid of our credit cards a few years ago, and thank God for that. Uh, we try to stay off credit cards. Um, we homeschool our kids, and Allie does a wonderful job doing that. But that's our type of weird. The way you live is going to be different. The way that your type of weird is going to be different than our type of weird, and our type of weird is not going to work for you. So don't say, Uh, I'm not up here trying to say that you should follow some kind of checklist of how you should be weird, but God's going to have something in your life and he's going to lead you, especially fathers, he's going to lead you to lead your family in a way that lines up with scripture. Um, Across culture, we have some weird people here um, that do, amen. Uh, We have some weird people here that do some really weird things 
like allow our 20 teenagers to invade their home and um, I'm not going to do a real good s- selling job here, but invade their home and break things and uh, get things dirty and allow that because they realize that their home is something that God has put in their hands to use. They realize that God has put it in their hands to use and it is God's and they are stewards. They take care of what God has given them in any way that they can use their home for God's glory. They will. On Sunday mornings, we have this weird team of people who shows up here and they set everything up. And they get here early, uh, really early. And they make sure that everything's right from the soundboard to the camera to the screens to the drums to the instruments. And then, you know, they meet outside. The band meets outside of this to get together and practice for hours at a time so that, so that Sunday mornings can work. And there's just so much more weird. We could go on and on. and don't have time today to go on through everything, all the weird people at Cross Culture, but there's a lot of us here. And thank God for that. But I'll tell you what I'm sick of. I'm sick of normal Christianity. Because just because you're a follower of Christ doesn't mean that everything is okay. I'm sick of a normal Christianity that doesn't cost us anything. It's a normal Christianity that says we go to safe church, we have a safe life, and then we die and go to heaven. But I don't think that's what Jesus Christ died on the cross for us for. Jesus Christ died so that we can give our lives. He resurrected so that we can have life. Worship, going to church once a week and just having this one day that you go to worship is just normal. That's what normal Christians do. Living your life in a way of worship, now that's God kind of weird. That every day you wake up and you give it over to God and you worship him through your life. You worship him at your job. You worship him with your children. You worship him with your wife. That's God kind of weird. I remember the day that I became a follower of Christ. Really, everything changed. I became a, a different person. Things, the way my mind worked, honestly changed. The first thing that I noticed is I opened up the word of God. And for the first time in my life, it made real sense. It was the Holy Spirit speaking to me. I never had it there before. I was 14 years old. I opened up the Bible, and I, always, I read the Bible because my parents told me to, and it was the right thing to do, and I was the preacher's kid and all this kind of thing. I read the Bible, but I didn't get it. It didn't even make sense to me. And finally, when I became a follower of Christ, I looked at the Bible. I said, oh, my word, this has been here the whole time, and I never understood it. And I'm not saying there aren't difficult passages that I don't understand now. I don't understand everything. But as a general rule, the Bible is much clearer and became much clearer to me when I became a follower of Christ. I cared less about what people thought about me because I wasn't trying to please so much other people as I was trying to please God. And it showed, I acted differently from other people. If you look at my senior annual, uh, the picture is of me standing in the middle of the lunch courtyard and about 10 people pointing and laughing at me. (laughs) That's my senior picture. And the quote underneath was from uh, 1 Peter where it says, we are strangers and aliens in this world. And I determined that I wasn't going to care so much about what people thought about me, but more about what God thought about me. And Allie and I found each other because we're pretty weird people, like I said. And she did have purple hair and clown pants on, but that's a whole other story that we'll save for another day. Uh, She noticed something was weird about me. I noticed something was weird about her. And we um, got together on drive-thru and at Chick-fil-A and just talked and hung out and I invited her to church and she was not a Christian at this point but she was still a weird person and uh, I bugged her for like um, like three months or two months or something it was a long time 
would you come to church with me? Would you come to church with me? And uh, finally she said, I think out of pure guilt, she said yes, and she came along. And then just a few weeks later, she came to know Jesus Christ as her personal Savior. And I'm thankful for the opportunity. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm thankful for the opportunity that God allowed me to be used in her life. And, that, uh, and, and they would, people would ask us, you know, you know, why don't you curse? Or why don't you go to all the parties and drink? Why don't you smoke weed? Why don't you have sex before marriage? In fact, there were leaders in our life, not church leaders, but other people in our life that said, you're not having sex before you're married. You got to try that thing out before you do it. You got to try it before you buy it. And I thought, no, no, that's normal. And that's completely against what the word of God tells me. And we stayed on the path that's narrow and more difficult, but it worked. We did things a little differently than our friends. And I don't mean to brag. I don't, don't take this as a brag, but that Allie and I, um, we have our difficulties. We have our struggles in marriage, as everyone does. From it's a lot of times, it's a day to day thing, just trying to, you know, figure out each other and figure out how to serve each other and love each other better. But out of all the friends that got married at the same time, we did like four or five couples that got married within like a year or two of us. Uh, there's only one other one that I can can think of right now that is still together, and we did it different. We did it God's way. And it was difficult, and we messed up in the sense of that we didn't do everything we probably should have done, but we stayed out of uh, sexual relations before marriage, and that was one of the most difficult things in my entire life as we got closer and closer to our wedding day. But God, through his grace, allowed us to stay pure, and I'm thankful for that. And God's weird works. God's weird works. If you're anything like me, you're tired of having just enough Jesus to get you out of hell. You want to have a life that's consumed with Christ. A life that is filled with a desire to know him more. And it means you're going to have to get weird. You're going to have to seek God in your all. You're going to have to, you know, do things like weird things like take 10% of what you get or more. 10% is a great starting point, but a terrible ending point. Take that money and give it to God. It means being sexually pure, laying down your life to serve God and others. It's weird. For some of you, weird today, as it is Youth Sunday, I feel like this is appropriate. For some of you, weird today is you taking some time off during the summer, maybe your normal vacation time, and going to summer camp with us and building into our, our students in this ministry. Getting to know them better and, and being able to be a witness in their life. For some of you, that's what weird is going to look like today. For, the, for others of you, weird is going to be leading a youth life group at your house. Because at this point, like I said, we need to spread out. We need to branch out. We need to have some more host homes. And you're going to need to be a leader of a life group. And that means that I'm not going to be the one teaching it every week. I'm looking for people that will teach life groups and homes around the area so that we can reach more of these students that are stuck in normal. And normal is broken. Weird goes much farther than just the youth ministry. Weird for some of you might be waking up early and helping us on Sunday morning or inviting a neighbor or co-worker to church or building into a family that you, um, that you have near you. Or maybe weird for some of you is just getting out of debt or giving a large gift to the church or volunteering at a ministry that's in need in Raleigh or adopting a family that is in dire need. Maybe weird for you today is giving away your car or destroying that computer, iPad, and cell phone to get rid of the porn addiction in your life. When I mean destroy, I don't mean 
I mean destroy. Or maybe some of you, it's giving up drugs or it's giving up alcohol. Or some of you, maybe it's giving up much simpler things that are just distractions to your life. There's a portion of you in this room that today, getting weird for the first time means taking that first step and starting a real relationship with Jesus Christ where you die to yourself and say, Jesus, I can't do it on my own. And I've tried and it's normal and it doesn't work. I want your kind of weird God. I want you, Jesus, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. For some of you, that's where you are today. What's the Holy Spirit speaking to you about this morning? The teenage years can be a confusing, complicated, and pressure-packed time. Cross-culture student ministry allows students to ask questions and challenge beliefs, all on the path to growing as a person and a follower of Jesus. For more information on our student ministry, visit crossculturelife.org and click on the Our Ministries tab. We're glad you joined us for this week's Crosswalk. Cross Culture Church is a new church in North Raleigh. But instead of religion, we're about relationships. And instead of rituals, we practice realness. We meet Sunday mornings at 1030 at the Leesville Road High School, a mile and a half south of I-540, exit 7. And we welcome anyone who is looking for a place to learn about God's plan for their life. At Cross Culture Church, we experience the liberating, satisfying, life-changing power of the cross. And it's our desire to bring that power to a culture in need of freedom, hope, and joy. We hope you'll come join us on a Sunday morning. We'll save a seat for you. I'm not the water, I'm not the bread, but I know the place where your soul is fed. So hungry and thirsty, come and be blessed. I want to lead you to the cross. I want to lead you to the cross. I want to lead you to the cross. Cross Culture Church. Taking the cross to our culture and taking our culture to the cross. Visit us online at crossculturelife.org.